When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Future friends, haters, and ex-lovers, welcome back to another episode of Crimes of the Heart. I'm your host, Rory Uphold, and today's crime is my nightmare, which is ironic because my special guest is a total dream. But before we get into this episode, please quickly give the show five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. Share this show with your friends and leave me a nice review. I really love posting them to Instagram for all of my exes to see because we all know they lurk. Anyway, without further ado, today's special guest is a hilarious comedian, writer, actress, and avid weed smoker. But more importantly, she is the first woman in history to join the Jackass universe. That's right, I am talking about none other than Miss Rachel Wolfson. Welcome to Crimes of the Heart. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I'm glad that you're here too. <laughs> Fun fact. Okay. Love facts, especially if they're fun. Your boyfriend and I follow each other on Instagram. Love that. Have for the beginning of time. <laughs> Could not tell you why he follows me or why I follow him. Can tell you neither one of us have ever hit on each other. But it's funny because that's how I feel like I've followed you oh my God, and your hilarious. career. I was hoping that you're like, we both hit on each other. And I still, that's how I find you. <laughs> <laughs> no. And that's I remember so not knowing this person or knowing him online mm-hmm. and then seeing you making reoccurring appearances on his Instagram. And then you were his girlfriend. And I remember <laughs> I'd have to go back in our history being like, yes, love her. She's awesome. She's oh, great. That's so funny. So yeah, I'm really. Well, shout out. Usually here. it's the other way around. Usually I'm bringing people to my boyfriend's profile, but I love that his profile brought yeah. you to me. That's yeah. great. The, the that. one and only. Yeah. <laughs> so today's story is going to be specifically to your strengths. Great. I guess we should just dive into it. Let's do it. Perf. A quick disclaimer. Our episodes deal with serious incidents and triggering subject matter. If you feel like at any time you need support, Please do not hesitate to grab a cocktail, share this with a friend, or contact us with your own stories. We are here to listen and liberate. Contact information can be found in the show notes. The names in the following episode have not been changed to protect the innocent or the guilty. I was also a prisoner in this situation, but I was a prisoner of my own devices. I am the prisoner in the movie Prisoners escaping this truly awful day. Honestly, seeing Jake Gyllenhaal's face is so triggering for me to this day. This is Jaden. Our story takes place in LA, sometimes referred to as Hele, a city known for beautiful people, overpriced juices, and tons of weed. And today's story is about the niche hell of Jaden's first Tinder date. Some might even say it was a trip. 
This was back when Tinder was new. Everyone was on it. It was the only dating app, I think, at the time. That was like a swipe feature. Jaden's waitressing at a bar when she matches with a man named Scott. Picture someone from Imagine Dragons, and it's like that guy. Like, he's kind of unforgettable. In other words... I knew this guy was hot, but I wasn't really attracted to this guy. He was tall, he was buff, he was shirtless, he was riding a BMX bike. He, he was like a skateboard model. Like, he, he was gorgeous, just like on paper, beautiful. Her type skews a little more indie film geek chic. But her co-workers flip out over her match with Scott. They were calling him Scotty Hottie, so they're like, you gotta go out with Scotty Hottie. Objectively, Jaden can tell that Scott is hot, but she also knows he's not her type. No. However, everyone got really excited and I got caught up in the heat of let's go, like get laid by this like very hot guy. Caught up in the collective excitement of this match, Jaden messages Scott. Like it was a group project that everyone wanted to be a part of and was rooting for me. She's messaging him in between tasks at work. When Scott asks her if she wants to. Come over to my house, everyone's like, yes, Jaden, go for it. Go forth, you you fabulous person. However, present day Jaden has some notes for her past self. No one should do that. No one should do that. No! Don't just meet up with someone at their house. Like get to know them a little bit. Go meet in public. We didn't know what we were doing. Tinder was new. Coincidentally. I'm about to get off my shift, and he didn't live far. So Jaden says yes. Her shift ends, she clocks out, gets in her car, and heads to his place. I like drive over, it's super close. I find parking, I walk up the stairs, I find his apartment. He opens the door, it's beautiful. It's a gorgeous, tall man. Jaden walks into the apartment and... The entire apartment was decorated with like nothing, right? It was just like a coffee table, a TV, and I don't think there was more than like a sofa and like a coffee table. She immediately notices some sort of like smoking apparatus. Sitting on the coffee table in the middle of the room is something that looks like if a bong and a crack pipe had a baby. I'd smoked weed before, I've owned a bong. This was not a bong. Jaden's not sure what it is, but it makes her nervous. And he was like, oh, like I'm just like about to do a dab. But Jaden doesn't know what a dab is. Dabs hit the mainstream in 2010 and Tinder came out in 2012. So they were still relatively new. And if you don't know what a dab is, it's like the heroin of weed is the best I can describe it. Scott picks up a mini blowtorch. So it's like, it's a little intense if you've never seen it. And Jaden is starting to freak out. I'm like, oh my God, this man is doing heroin in front of me. And this was a huge mistake and I should politely find my exit. She watches as Scott heats up a tar-like substance and breathes in its fumes. And when he finishes, he asks her if she wants some. I'm like, oh, I don't I do not do like hard stuff. Um, I've, I've only smoked weed and, and like done Molly once. And he was like, oh, it is weed. It's weed. It's just like concentrated weed. Jaden feels a little silly for not knowing that it's weed. So she tries to play it off. And I was like, oh, got it. Awesome, cool. I know all about that stuff. She thinks about her coworkers and what she'll be able to tell them the next time she goes to work. And I need to have something to go back to my friends at work with, like, right? I need to complete the date, have sex with this hot man. Like, that was the goal. So she buries her hesitations and decides to lean in for the sake of adventure and the story. I played it up like, oh, dabs, of course. Yeah. Like, oh, duh. Obviously, I thought mm, my dabs look a little different than your dabs and like totally went full ham into it. She tells Scott she'll take a dab and he was like, oh, I'm going to like walk you through it. Don't worry, I'll light it for you. I'll pack the bowl. Don't worry, I'm going to give you a very little dab and you're going to like love it. It was like cute. At this point, Jaden was a frequent weed smoker, so she wasn't particularly worried. I do it and then immediately like, you know, in movies where the, the camera beholds focus on your face and like the background like zooms out. It's just this moment of like out of my body and I'm like, oh, oh. Her regret is swift and immediate. Within seconds, Jaden is already more high than she's ever been in her entire life. Thankfully. He was so nice. He, he was a really nice guy from what I remember. We just had no chemistry and we learned that two seconds into doing a dab together. I was like, oh, got it. Normally, 
Jaden would be on a date at a bar, and if she realized there was no chemistry, she would just stay for a drink or a snack and say hello and like, you know, oh, I gotta go, my roommate needs me or whatever. However, I could not escape. I couldn't get out of this date, and I really wanted to. Not because Scott was mean, but because Jaden's mind had left the building when she took that dab, and now all she wanted to do was teleport herself to the comfort of her own room. I have no idea what we talked about because I wasn't there. I was somewhere else. I was on another planet wishing that this date was over. Scotty's tolerance is significantly higher. So he carries on with the conversation and... I've just become catatonic and I stopped talking completely. He's asking me questions. I'm just nodding my head. Jaden thinks that she's playing it cool, politely nodding as she struggles not to lose her mind. But looking back, she realizes... Scotty immediately could sense that the situation was like, cool, I'm just like babysitting now for the next couple of hours and just like telling me about himself. And like within minutes of her dab, Scott tells Jaden that he's a stripper in West Hollywood. He loves BMX biking. He's a huge BMX biker. He puts on a bunch of like BMX videos and EDM is life. Like he loves EDM music. Jaden is at a loss. Even if I wasn't high, we would have literally had nothing to talk about. Not only does she know nothing about any of those things, she's also not interested in any of those things. There's nothing wrong with those things. It's just like if there's like a Venn diagram of like me and Scotty Hottie, our only middle Venn diagram is like we did a dab together. It's like the only thing we have in common at this point. Everything else is on the opposite sides. Even completely sober, I wouldn't be able to contribute to like, oh, that's that's neat. But she isn't sober. I definitely lost the part of my brain that controls language and was just like, am I blinking enough times? Is this too much spit in my mouth? Her heart is pounding and her palms are sweating. I remember like really feeling my shirt on my back and I was like, wow, I could like really feel my clothes on my body. I was like just hyper fixating on like all little things like that. Meanwhile, Scotty does. Four more dabs. Like, I know you can't like overdose from weed, but he was trying. He he did a lot of dabs. And I remember being like, this is an interesting situation. They talk for a little while longer, though Jaden's not sure about what. And eventually, Scott puts on a movie, but not just any movie. Prisoners with Jake Gyllenhaal, which is like a terrible idea. It's a thriller. Which isn't great when you're already obliterated high. But it's also about two girls who get kidnapped, which is a weird choice for someone you've literally just met off the internet. I was definitely just like in my head, my heart was racing, absolutely terrified. Looking back, I couldn't think of a worse cocktail of like, this will be the worst date for this person ever. Jaden wants to leave, but she can't feel her legs, much less operate her cell phone. It's as if she too has been kidnapped and is being held against her own will. I was like trapped on a bad date while also being trapped inside my own body. It's so traumatic that it feels like I went on that date with Jake Gyllenhaal more than anyone else. That's whose face I associate with this nightmare date. And anytime people are like, oh, I love that Jake Gyllenhaal, I'm like, yeah, he's fine. And I realize it's because of like, Jake Gyllenhaal is now the poster child for like one of the most uncomfortable dates I've ever been on. And then... Honestly, it was like going into surgery, right? She doesn't remember when she fell asleep, but... I've never slept better in my life. Several hours later, Jaden wakes up in the exact same spot she took her dab in. She looks around the room and thinks, Oh no, I'm still in the nightmare. I gotta get out of here. She grabs her things and creeps out of Scott's place at the crack of dawn. And the next time she sees her co-workers, everyone is dying to know how the date went. To which Jaden replies, Couldn't tell you. Suffice to say, dabs will never be in my life again because of this. I will always associate dabs with just being too high. And when she thinks about this night from Scott's perspective, he didn't learn a single day besides like my name and that I cannot hang. He learned nothing about me. This both makes her laugh and cringe. And for those of you wondering what happened to Scotty the Hottie, I actually never heard from him again. Which feels oddly appropriate for someone's first Tinder date. After all, it is a hellscape. Hilarious. That is, I was like, oh, that's my nightmare. 
I that actually happened to me. What? But reverse. I was so I was dating this guy 2000 2012. Okay. Off Tinder? No. Okay. It was just I was in a relationship. I met this guy and I was living in Florida at the time. And mm-hmm. this is like right around the time that dabs were hitting Florida. Mm-hmm. And I had friends that were like making dabs in their apartment. I'm not saying that proudly. <laughs> but anyway, so I had a dab rig and I started dating this guy and I bring him back to my place and he sees the rig and he's freaked out just like that girl. Like, oh, I thought I thought you were like a good person. And <laughs> And I'm, I'm like, I thought you were a good person. And I'm like, it's just weed, and it's like, yeah, but it's the heroin of weed. And so I did a dab, and I obviously, I, I think I offered it to him. I don't remember if he took it or not, but he made me be like, you need to get this out of your life, or we can't be together, kind of thing. So when did you break up with him? Mm, a year and a half later. Whoa! But weed was like a problem in our relationship. To really? Him. Yeah, he hated that. He thought I became a different person when I smoked weed, and it's like, no, I just realized you're. A shitty person <laughs> I mean I'm but a different yeah. person I'm just a little slower I'm like a better person he just didn't you know but yeah so he was totally freaked out looked at me like I was some kind of meth head or something that's crazy mm. yeah I feel like I have the reverse of that in that alcohol has been a problem for me mm. in my relationships not with me drinking with the dudes drinking yeah I dated alcoholics before I mean, one guy was British, but that's an, that's another yeah, word for that's alcoholic. That, yeah, that's hard. That's yeah. hard because it's well, that is part of the heritage. I was. So. I've never been more. I've never been in and out of the hospital more than when I dated an alcoholic because you were visiting him. No, we were oh. just dating, and I'm not a good drinker. But I dated an alcoholic, and I didn't. I was in my 20s, and I didn't. I don't think I realized what was going on because I was living in Florida and drinking and party culture is so yeah. common. And so, but yeah, I. I would get alcohol poisoning a lot or like to the point where I just couldn't keep I I would I would yeah I think it would be considered alcohol poisoning and I would have to go to the hospital and get liquids and yeah and so in my 20s specifically when I was like dating this person and then I I realized obviously I have a problem because I'm dating an alcoholic (laughs) and now I'm alcoholic adjacent and I don't even like alcohol so that's crazy it was really it was pretty easy for me to stop doing that yeah you were like him and I stopped dating (laughs) yeah 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 you this whole time you thought that you had a crazy allergy to alcohol and then you guys break up this whole time I thought I was in love and it turns out no I just developed an addiction yeah (laughs) (laughs) although in a lot of books say it's yeah, the same thing. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One's just in liquid form. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know. It's such a, I think I had a, a couple of boyfriends who just got too drunk and I had to deal with it for too long. And now anytime a guy gets, there's a certain line for drinking. And if they oh, cross it. Oh, you mean it, if they pour themselves a, t- a, dr- a t- before bed beverage? Oh, yes. <laughs> Wait, yes though. Red flag or like yes. every day they wake up and they can finish a, a 12 pack of beer like it's water. And I'm like, oh, wow. It To me though, it's just so unattractive. <laughs> I mean, some people are functioning alcoholics. Like I'm a functioning stoner. But for me, I just, I'm not, I don't enjoy drinking culture like that. Like yeah. I love one drink here or there. I'm a margarita, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. burger yeah but excessive drinking is hard call me a loser I am then you know I don't think that I would I don't know if that that. makes me a loser no I don't think so I I mean I don't I forget in LA being sober is cool but like when I lived in Florida they just encouraged yeah 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 so I would never want to go to the clubs I I would be I'll go to the bars I would I worked in restaurants and bars but clubs no I'm not yeah. a club girl. I'm like, if you're my friend, you'll never ask me to go to the club. That's hilarious because I one of the things that I have on here is a story that I've not thought about in years. That is, I can't believe I'm going to share it. But I <laughs> went, one of my friends, I'm like 20 at this point, I think. I don't know. 20, maybe I'm 21. One of my friends was dating Steve-O. Mm. And so we, we used to go out to the clubs. I can't really remember where we went or I have weird flashes of we all got into I think a minivan or something which doesn't make sense. (laughs) Sounds about right. And we were hanging out with the European version of Jackass and I'm like looking at dudes who like don't have fingers and stuff and I'm like this is so not normal. Yeah so normal. And I, you don't need all your fingers to finger someone, just one. Well, he didn't even do that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but I ended up fucking one of the dudesons. Oh, wait, I know them. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I woke up on Steve-O's couch. Love that. So this was back in the club days. And I was just, I'm sure, very lit. And uh, I don't really remember flirting with this dude or whatever. I I think he's hot. I like Googled him this morning and was like, oh, yeah, I don't regret this. What I do regret, (laughs) and this is insane, I went through this phase of radical honesty, (laughs) which I think was also just like radical bitchiness. Oversharing. Yeah, and oversharing. (laughs) And I think, Mo, you might have a heart attack when I say this. So we're at his condo and it was like fully like black curtains and a huge kind of, I think, L-shaped leather couch. Don't really know why we decided to spend the night and have sex there, but we did. At Steve-O's place? Yeah. And at one point, having sex with this guy, and I think he was like, are you like having fun or enjoying yourself? And I looked him in the face and I was like, actually, I'm bored. Oh, my God. Well... And he was like, what? And I was like, I'm just bored. And I was. I was bored. I kind of love that. <laughs> right? It's insane. I, 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 yeah. And I don't really remember. I think we, were I think you, is it, were you so honest because you were intoxicated? No, 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 no. Sober? no. Yeah. Oh, love that. I mean, like I was probably intoxicated, but that has nothing to do with why I was honest. I was just right. going through a phase where I was always like, I don't know if you're having sex with somebody. It's kind of like the most vulnerable things. So why do we hide anything? Right. If we're going to fuck, we might as well just be honest. And so I was just like, yeah, this is like not it. Right. I don't know. It's not doing it for me. And I remember he was on top and then he was like, should I stop? And I was like, no, you don't have to stop. And it's like, you know, you have a show on in the background. Kind of. While you're cleaning, while you're act- get- actually getting work done. You uh, know what I mean? A hundred. I mean, granted, I didn't really know shit about my body at that point. So it can't say it's entirely his fault I would love to know if he remembers this at all and I will say that that night is the reason why I only ever go out with sunglasses just in case it's a good night because the next morning I woke up had no idea what time it was because again all of the blackout curtains and everything and I was texting a friend SOS this is a code red I need to be picked up immediately and I Remember, she didn't get there. Like, we fucked up the timing a little bit. And I'm standing on Sunset Boulevard in my going out clothes and my heels with no sunglasses. And from then on. Listen, if you're going to do a walk of shame, there's certain accessories you need to, like, get through the walk. It's sunglasses. Probably a cigarette or a joint. You know, maybe a Bible to (laughs) cleanse your soul. Yeah. Wet wipes, for sure. Okay, did not have wet wipes. Did not have. You just want to, you know, take a little... The only thing I would have had would have been cigarettes at that time, which I don't smoke anymore. But yeah, so that's my disclaimer. We're not going to blame the boredom on the dude sins completely no 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 okay (laughs) look no because those guys are pretty like adventurous you would think maybe that would translate into the bedroom you would think you know I have no idea and I this is so not that type of podcast where I'm like yeah he sucked in bed no it's not that at all it's just (laughs) I had not thought of it well to be fair you're on someone else's couch Couch. like you can't really blame the people it's like the situation's kind of off you know what the I mean? The situation was off. Also, I don't think we had any foreplay, which is yeah. wild. But also, I wasn't who I am now. If that was now, right. I would be like, okay, so this is what I'm into. Also, we're going to need to do this. And I would never be like, I'm bored. I would be like, right. let's switch it up or let's do this. I feel like I feel like there needs to be like a redemption fuck. <laughs> I think he's married. Oh, well. <laughs> so Sorry, Mrs. Dudson. Yeah. I didn't mean that. <laughs> Totally. I know. At some point, I'll have to figure out, hey, do you remember this at all? And if you do, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm sure I could have phrased that in another way that uh, would have been nicer. Like, you mean the when you told me you were bored while and it I was hasn't, inside of you? And it hasn't left my, like it probably, you might have changed his life after that. Emasculating. He might have, like, I don't know, stepped it up, got a little acrobatic in the bedroom. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it was Maybe. like missionary. Now so he's it was married. like, yeah. So maybe. Oh, I'm sure they're you like probably going ham and did all a the part in that. I would love to think so. I I'm... think I think that he probably just continued to plow no, through right. tons I, yeah. of women and uh, yeah. Yeah, some bored, some not. Yeah, sure yeah, he yeah. Was bored too. Probably. Some... <laughs> I wish I could remember what happened after. Like directly after he's said you said that or well, yeah I just because I remember waking up on the couch next to him and being like gotta get out of here but yeah. I wonder how the transition from me being I'm bored to us falling asleep went mm. I would watch the short film on I that. feel like I would I don't know what I would do in that situation I'd probably just leave <laughs> pack up my stuff I know by the way why didn't I leave I don't I I would just yeah if someone if someone said they were bored while inside me 
I would kill myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end it right there. I mean, wow, this is the most, this is, this is supposed to be invigorating for both of us. Yeah. I mean, you anyway. mean me lying here and doing nothing is boring? I know. By the way, I was lying there and doing nothing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So the fact that I was like, I'm bored, he probably was like, yeah, because you're not yeah, doing anything. You're, you're just sitting there waiting for your fucking number to be called like, at the DMV. <laughs> To be fair, when you're on bottom like that, what really, what can you really do? You can just, what can you really do? I mean, you could grab their nipples. Maybe. I've, I've thought of a lot of creative things. You guys I can be like both grabbing each other's my mouth, you know? I don't know. Just, yeah. yeah. Well, it's a learning lesson. It for is all a of learning lesson. Although I have short arms, so I am limited by things I can do by my oh, little T Rex okay, arms. Okay, okay, yeah, you're gonna have to improvise. Maybe use your feet. Yeah, ooh, <laughs> that's a great transition <laughs> for all of your fans. Oh, right, great. Speaking of, speaking of, how ticklish are you on your feet? Oh God, I, I, I don't want to know. I am ticklish. I hate being tickled. I'm traumatized because I feel like family members would like tickle me as a kid. Oh, um, not in a sexual <laughs> way, but you I know, love that. Like, like we're just gonna like, come on. Your parents cancel your whole family. Up. Yeah, no, your parents will come up in the, which I'm like, I fucking hate tickling. Me too. Now because of that. I think Me it's too. like an 80s, 90s thing. You know, now yeah. you can't tickle kids. and Yeah. You can't really look at kids. You can't do anything with kids now. No. <laughs> Honestly, I back that. I um, do feel, let's just keep them yeah. off limits. Yeah. Um, but my feet, I would say my back's more ticklish. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to the, back to the story. Yeah. Okay. So. Have you, that's, I guess this is like never happened to you because your tolerance for weed has always just been sky high. Which part, what hasn't happened to me? Getting stuck on a date because you were too oh, high. Oh, 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 let's see. I've never been stuck on a date because I'm, I'm too high. <laughs> I've probably been stuck on a date because I'm like trying to figure out how to get out of the date. Mm. If that makes sense. I think there's only one date I went on when I was living in Florida and I should have known this guy because I used to work at this restaurant. I was a hostess and he would come into the restaurant and try and get me to go out on a date with him. And I just like this guy's trouble. He's a spoiled, rich, like ultra rich, you know, seems like he's on drugs. Finally, after him pestering me, I was like, all right, I'll go out on one date with him. And then that way I can be like, all right, I, I went out on one date, whatever. Yeah. This is before. Like I didn't I thought he was just like. I didn't know the drug thing until I showed up to his place to meet him, which I was like, this is also a red flag. I showed up to his place. I'm in my 20s, mind you. A lot of dumb dating in your 20s. I mean, it's kind of what it's for. Yeah. So I could tell he was on, it seemed like he was on pills, like a Xanax or something. And you I could tell like, that at that age? Yeah. I'm living in Florida. Everyone's on Xanax. Touche. <laughs> Touche. And pill culture is very popular in Florida. I was I was never really into pills. I've always just been into weed. But yeah, you could tell he was just like kind of out of it or whatever. And I'm mm. like, fuck. So it's awkward because like when you're in your 20s, you almost don't have the confidence enough yet to assert yourself especially in front of a guy because you're afraid of what's going to happen and in a lot of ways you know maybe physically what's going to happen maybe you know he's going to tell everyone you know your Mm -hmm, co-worker you know mm -hmm. you don't know whatever the situation is but the reason why you don't do something like that is based out of fear right yeah so we're also just not I feel like the younger generation now of women have been oh they're way they're way more assertive no it's it's just it's much better yeah the younger generation understands the idea of consent whereas growing up I don't think guys my age and previous generation really even knew what the term was I don't or even heard that so many guys got laid simply because people didn't have a ride home mm-hmm. and there's also so many more defined definitions of rape that we didn't have sure yeah so it's yeah. you know men be raping women getting raped and they yeah. have an entire generation just wasn't educated on what was really happening for sure yeah and so so for me I think my thing was is I met him at his apartment which obviously this is something that after this point I knew never to do no never take a meeting never go never meet someone on a date at their home if you're you know just I wouldn't yeah yeah now it's like let's just meet at the restaurant let's just you know whatever Mm -hmm. so I just wanted to get out of there so I was like okay let's just go to the restaurant so we get out he invites his friend on the date no yeah so not only is he fucked up out of his mind he has his friend there and I'm like who invites like a friend on a date it's almost like I do that when I'm like this is not going anywhere abort it's I want weird for a guy to eject. do it anyway so the guy so his friend starts showing some interest in me because this guy's fucked up out of his mind and he's just like you can't even you can't even have a, have conversation. a conversation with him and his friend is engaging with me and being a normal person and he's getting jealous that his friend is just simply who he invited on the date <laughs> what was he supposed to do just sit there yeah and listen to us not have a conversation that's crazy um, but yeah so I can't remember I think you know 
the date ended, me and these two guys, who <laughs> I didn't even realize I was going on a date with both of them. And yeah, I, I don't think I ever talked to him again. I think he unfriended me. Wow, um, what a move. I just wouldn't respond. I didn't want to hang out with him. Did you ever see that. the other friend? I don't think so. I mean, not, I never kept in touch with, and I just wanted nothing to do with this guy. I think it was like, okay, I'll finally go out on a date with you, and then we can see it doesn't, <laughs> this isn't anything, yeah. and just get it out of his system. Because this guy was so persistent, and I think- that does sometimes it, it's called wearing a person down yeah you know what I mean that's a form of manipulation and I think some guys do use that and probably girls too but mainly guys they won't give up they think it's like a romantic thing but it's if I've said no once why would you keep trying yeah you know some guys don't take no as no right it's like no oh you you're challenging me it's so weird because I will say that the reverse of that is if I'm in a relationship with someone and I say no or I say I'm mad at you, I do expect you to come back and try well, to apologize. Well, okay, so th- that's where that's, and that's like, confusing. That's, a, that's that's where I think Hollywood's kind of perpetuating a hundred percent. Where it's I call it the Snow White syndrome. Right, you'll break up with a guy or kick him out, but you want him to come yes. running after you yes. and, and almost persistently a hundred and it's show mm, up with that boombox, baby. Right? Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. So no, but it's fucked, yeah. and it's taken me a really long time to try and realize that and unprogram that and I'm obviously over communicative and I'm different now but even when I talk to friends and they're playing games I'm like you gotta stop because mm-hmm. these guys don't know so like, my thing is, is I'm all about I think a guy should be able to shoot a shot one time and sure. then after that whatever the response is you have to respect that kind of thing and vice versa a girl if she wants to shoot her shot with a guy you have to accept whatever the answer it may be because some guys now of course of a certain generation are like oh we can't even hit on girls anymore it's yeah you can hit on a girl but you have to of course ac- you have to accept her answer yes or no and I I think you should shoot your shot if you know but totally. after and if you're that, bad at it that's on you and after that everyone should just respect whatever the re- response is is totally. you know and if as a woman no should mean no don't give a guy no when you want him to, be, to say yes, yes. Yeah. don't send yeah. mixed signals you know yeah and so yeah I think it's just different now hopefully in a better way for the next generation future gen yeah but did you yeah. date at all when you were in LA or did you meet Matt pretty fast I'm a serial dater in that I pretty much have been in relationships since I was like 15. Really? Um, you just you like, just like, yeah, it's called mental illness, but I can't spell mental illness without the word men. <laughs> right. I read somewhere if you line up all your exes in a row, it's it's a brief intake to your mental health history. So, yeah, I've been in relationships the last like a year or two. And then, Sorry, I just like that really did sa- it hit you. I, I was like, or nor. Yeah. <laughs> I literally saw a lineup of all my exes and was like, yeah, we would call that e- Eclectic. Yeah, it's a peek into your mental health history if you if you look at it. Huh. I, and then what do you do? What's the next step after that? I try to be single. You know, I try to be single, but then I find myself in relationships. But right. with Matt, so so when I moved to LA, I moved in with a guy. Whoa, that was the guy who hated the dabs. Oh, yeah, and he was the he's the only guy that I thought because I was twenty. 26 when I met him and on paper he seemed like the guy that I should marry and so and my parents really liked him and it made sense what does that mean to you the guy on paper we come from similar backgrounds we were both Jewish we both had similar interests and he seemed to be a good guy I've and I'm Jewish but I'm not religious at Mm -hmm. all and I never really dated any Jewish guys until him he was like the first Jewish guy ever dated and I was like okay why not see what the hype is about you know like why is everyone always pushing me why is everyone always pushing me to do this yeah and and it turned out to like not be a great relationship but it had highs and lows and he had his issues and obviously I had mine in that I was 26 and he expected a lot more Mm. from me I feel like the highs and lows things, it's, it doesn't matter what the, how high the high is. It's no, how it low very, the low very, is. very, very low. Yeah. And and on both ends in that, okay, he was six years older than me dating a thirty or a 26-year-old expecting me to have like my life figured out. Mm. And I was expecting him to understand that I didn't, you yeah. know? And so it was like that. So we dated for probably like a year and a half. And I moved out when we broke up and I got my own apartment. That was kind of my dream was Mm. to always have my own apartment in LA and figure out what working in the entertainment industry would mean. Look like, yeah. It's not like I like woke up and was like, I want to be a comedian. I fell into all of that. Mm. And so when I moved out here, I wasn't even in comedy. I had a marketing degree. I wanted to work in entertainment, whatever that meant. And when I started dating this guy, that's when I started having this inner monologue of like stand up. 
stand-up. Stand was he up. not into that? Mm, it's not that he wasn't into that. It's just I had such low self-esteem in that relationship that... You didn't have the balls to try I did, it. It's, it's not even the balls. It was just more... It was more like... I always had the balls, but I didn't, I was too sad, mm. you know, so. That's crazy. I dated somebody that really chipped away slowly at a lot of the projects because I sell TV shows and do all mm-hmm. these other things. And after that relationship, I looked back after I got healthy and was like, wait a second, this is so fucked. If I had been encouraged, I would be so much further along. It's crazy how the person that's close mm-hmm. to you when they neg you like that. In some ways, he would come off as supportive, but it would, and in the same vein, he would come up and pinch certain parts of my body and be mm-hmm. like, oh, you're getting there or, you know, <sighs> implying that I'm getting back into, sh- you know, so it was like highs and lows, right? In some ways, he would say I could do whatever and be amazing or whatever, but there would be elements of he would try to find a way to kind of bring me down. A caveat like, to yeah, that. Yeah. Like make sure I'm always like kept down You here. can do anything, but oh, Rachel, you're not that funny or, or whatever it is. It was never not that funny. It was like about my body because I've always been funny. No offense to all of my ex-boyfriends. <sighs> you but... also probably always <laughs> been hot. I mean, no, I, I figured it out. <laughs> okay. I got it in my mind. I, I was a tomboy for most of my life. I never gave a shit really about, you know, any of this. And I still don't. I'm, I dress for comfort. The hot girl has been bestowed upon me. It's never like, oh, I'm a hot girl. You know what I mean? And even still, people will be like, she's a four. So it's, it's all okay, relative. Okay, but that's, sorry. You know, those, sorry. Those are like, the internet. those are faceless avatars <laughs> it, coming from a basement. You know, but, but, but either way. My favorite like, is mid. 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 Yeah, or hit a wall. It's okay. I've been in jackass. You're supposed to hit walls. So <laughs> I'm sorry. It doesn't yeah. matter. But um, he was very critical of my body. So that was, wow. and that's something, you know, I I don't know. I just I I was 26 and I didn't have my shit figured out. But we broke up. I ended up getting my own apartment and then I ended up rebounding into another toxic relationship. And that lasted probably like a year or so. And wow. Then, okay. A minute. I was really messed up from my relationship because I really thought I might marry this guy mm. and the guy who I moved out to LA with. And and so I didn't even realize like the patterns that I was falling into. Of course, you know, I'm just thinking, oh, you just date and then maybe you'll end up finding mm. the one. But And what was the pattern? That I just jumped from relationship to relationship. And it's not right. with the, it's not like my intention is, oh, I need to be with someone. I would just find myself falling into these situations. Sure, sure. And so, and even I would say out loud in between the times where I would go through breakups, like I don't want to date. I really just want to take time for myself because I have spent so much of my 20s with someone with someone, yeah. and, and really delaying finding the process of who I am. That relationship ended. And after that relationship ended, I remember talking to the manager of the Hollywood Improv because this is when I started doing stand up. And I was like, I do not want to date anymore, please. And then she ended up setting me up with my uh, (laughs) ex-boyfriend. And that was like right as I started getting into comedy. And he had dated a comedian prior. So for him, he was not interested in he was not as supportive as it was more like he hated that when he got home from work, I wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. And that I would go to work kind of. Thing. Right. Right. And he had already gone through that. And I just started getting into stand up. Our relationship just started. So I don't think he thought like it would culminate to I don't think he thought I don't know what he thought but I found myself in the beginning of my stand-up career making bad choices in terms of choosing my relationship over my art and Mm. I I was like this is not in line with my values and my morals because this is absolutely something I'm just never want to do and so we didn't you know we didn't date for very long probably like less than a year I think he ended up cheating on me with someone at work And I think they're still together. (laughs) But that's who he was probably supposed to be with. I was never going to be, you know, oftentimes guys have dated me thinking that I'm one way and I'm not or that they can make me into the girl that they want me to be. Like that, the housewife or what? I dated this, uh, this very lovely, (laughs) uh, lovely. I did this Brazilian guy when I was living in Florida. Love him, you know, from afar. But sure. He wanted me to always be tan and have my nails be French and morph me into this like person then it's like sometimes I don't here I have French nails but sometimes I didn't want to go to the gym or maybe I'm not going to go out tanning it's kind of floored by how many men in your dating past I've dated a lot of really controlling men in my 20s that is wild Mm -hmm. to me just Mm -hmm. because I mean we don't know each other very well but you seem super assertive really Mm -hmm. confident really strong that's why none of them ever worked out because I was very they would call me combative (laughs) which I probably was because I were trying to change you right and so me and my ex broke up who was like not really supportive of this stand-up thing and I was single for 
a couple months, maybe probably not that long, but I was, I was really like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. And then Matt Waltz is in. That's an interesting story, which ties into, I think, some of the stuff that you have on that paper, because I had met Matt when I was in that prior relationship and he was in a prior relationship. Mm. We met at the store one night, the comedy store. His best friend was dating my good friend at the time. Cool. And so we were just hanging out and my friend wanted a picture of me and her together. So Matt was going to take a picture and he took a selfie of himself. And so I have that picture on my phone. And after that, we've never communicated I think maybe he like followed me on social media that night but like time had passed and me and my ex broke up and I for some reason couldn't get Matt out of my mind this person I had had one one run in with and then you're uh, over like years later maybe I just for some reason it was kind of like how stand-up came into my life it was like it just started and it was like at a low volume and then it kept getting louder and louder and louder and I couldn't ignore it and I was like why is his name in my head all the time and I've never is it even... that you would just see his Instagrams or something and be like he's hot I, or... I, he's not really like a, a serial poster so maybe I would see it but like at the time I was like opening for Jeff Garland a little bit and I knew that Matt was his open Mm -hmm. Uh, but I again like I didn't know much about him but I I just remember he was in the ether yeah I think I had heard that he was asking about me at some point but they were like she has a boyfriend and then you know he was like yeah whatever so um I dm'd him love that move because I think I found out that he was going through a breakup or he had broken up with his girlfriend and so I dm'd him and what I dm'd him was his own name no yeah I was like Matt Edgar And what did he respond back? Pointing to himself emoji. (gasps) And then what happened? Nothing. Because that was just it. I sent his name. I sent his own name. And I think I was just like, it was like a lonely night. I don't know. It was like late at night or something. I think I sent him his name and he didn't reply back in the time that like I had set up was an appropriate response for me to. (gasps) Yeah. 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 I love, we all have that to like, actually, I think that's actually really good advice. This is a good idea. (laughs) No, I think that's really good. Well, maybe not with the DMs, but for me, if a guy ever asks me out on a date, but then he doesn't solidify this time, this, what, whatever, I give myself a date. And if he crosses it, I'm making other plans. Yeah. You know? So, so then I think I just like never replied back to. It and I ended up asking Jeff about Matt, and he was like, It's perfect. Him, he just got out of a relationship and he's moving to New York. And I was like, Jeff, that's that's not perfect. I live in LA, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, this was four four years ago. Jeff's the reason why I have the TV that I have. What he was at Cafe 101 with Jackie Tone once. Oh, that's and I just walked up to the table and he was he says something about the best deals, and I was like, Wait, what? And I was like, Hold on, and I pulled out my phone, whatever. And anyway. I, I listen to him. I and love so that. So that's the TV that I have. That is so funny. <laughs> it's random. I have some questions that I got Let's for you. It. Does it negatively affect your relationship when one person, you, becomes famous overnight? <laughs> I feel like I'm not famous. Is that weird? I feel no, like, that's not weird. I feel like, what is fame anymore, right? Because I know. I feel like there's moms in Milwaukee with four million right. Instagram followers. How many times can I say I feel like? But I, <laughs> so here's the thing with, with Matt and I. For example, Matt has been a comedian for 15 years. He's gotten really, really good at the art. He's very funny. He's so funny. I mean, he's been doing it. That's probably why I follow him. Double the amount of time that I have. So for me, he's really gotten good at this art form. And for me, I got this bump of attention, right? Mm -hmm. And so ultimately, you want both. Sure. So for me, Matt is the perfect partner in that he is stoked on everything that's happened. I love that. And super supportive. Whereas I think other relationships I've been in would be extremely jealous jealous, and would not know how to handle it. Matt is just the best. So I think that's why it's the the longest relationship I've ever been in because Mm. he is super patient and supportive. If I felt there was any inkling of competitiveness or jealousy or anything like that, it just wouldn't work out. It's too toxic. And I'm not saying that we haven't had moments where we're feeling bad about ourselves because we're both comedians. Of course. But there's that can happen and also still be supportive for each other. Everything that he gets, he fucking deserves. And I want him to like know that you know and yeah versa, so. i dated this guy who was in a major major franchise movie like massive like i had to see him everywhere. on billboards no, on billboards in bookstores just oh, no. everywhere my nightmare everywhere and when 
he became really famous. He stopped holding my hand in public. Stop. I'm not kidding. Well, then you su- stop sucking his dick in private. <laughs> Mo, Mo, that, yes. Mo, <laughs> he agrees with that. Yeah, that is true. And that's, I mean, we, was, that was the beginning of the end. But I, it was, it was pretty I awful. I tweeted something. I was like, if he won't kiss you in public, don't let him eat your ass in private. You know? Yeah. So, Love that. Mantra. Favorite position and why? Favorite position, CEO. No, I'm just kidding. Everyone's like CEO. CEO. Probably the one where I don't have to do that much. You're like you're like on my back. I'm yeah. bored. Like exactly the deucins. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, whatever feels best. Cool. Love that yeah. answer. It's the truth. Okay. Condom or no condom? I have thoughts on this because somebody wrote that in. Both condom for when you're maybe having a one night stand or maybe it's something you both just agree on because maybe she's not on birth control or whatever, but no condom. I guess, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble, but if I'm in a relationship for a while, we don't use condoms. I'm on birth control. Me either. I have an IUD if I'm with somebody, but I will say this for whoever wrote this in the best sex I've ever had in my life has all been with dudes who use condoms. Really? Yes. 100%. Probably because they're having more sex. A hundred. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I also, when I say best sex, I don't just mean penetrative sex. Right. I mean, these are the men that are the best at going down on me, fingering me, all of it. So it sounds, it's funny. It sounds like they care. Yeah. You know. So when I think about guys who are like, oh, I don't want to use a condom, I'm like, you don't want to be in that category. Yeah. Like, actually, you're putting yourself in a category of dudes who can't fuck. Yeah. So just agree. Saying that, should asexuals have their own app for non-romantic dating things? Yeah, I know. I think so too. Don't they have the best friends that are like you meet? Yeah, Bumble BFF or something. I don't. I don't even know. I I might have made that up. I'm Bumble and forever. I I met someone who is asexual recently. I said it's better to be asexual than bisexual. (laughs) Is that the tagline? (laughs) Did I make a motto? I love that. Yeah. Okay, what is your favorite killer move? Sliding into someone's DMs and saying their own name. Try it. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Killer date. Not a comedy show. No. Yeah, Ooh. because you can't even talk on it. Yeah, I, I think dinner's great. Somewhere that's a vibe. I like the beach. I like a day date too. That's um, like my nightmare. A day date? Oh, oh, the beach. The yeah. Beach. I mean, well, I guess. Yeah, like going somewhere and doing something like maybe walking around the boardwalk because you can get food and drinks and stuff like, mm. like when there's like an activity. So uh, other than a movie, yeah. you know what I mean? Where it's it kind of takes the edge off of like having to come up with stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Date killer. Ooh, one time I was on a date with this guy and he asked me if I believed in God <laughs> and I was like, I'm atheist and that shut down the date right there and I'm not saying that that's not that that was probably like his version of I'm bored you know what I mean and like after that he like wanted nothing I think he thought I was like worse than Satan and and I I, I was in my 20s I'm definitely like more spiritual and open now I'm not like I'm not like super oh there's no God I just I don't I don't care to think I know that you know yeah but I think that maybe on the first date leave some room for intrigue Mm, I love that. Yeah. Right. Some mystery. Because on Matt and I's first date, this was something that I hadn't done before. And I'm not saying you should do that. But like we were in our 30s. So on our first date, it was actually at Jeff's house and we stayed up all night talking. I knew that at that point he was leaving to go to New York in three months. So it felt like time wasn't necessarily on our side in terms Mm. of getting to know each other. So I just overshared everything. Like, let's see if he likes it. You know, let's see if this any of this scares them away. Right. So did he not go to New York or he just came back? He went to New York. He ended up going to New York for this was in 2019. Mm. He ended up going to New York for three months and then he came back and the pandemic hit. So he stayed in L.A. Whoa. With me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess the pandemic helped two people. I mean, it was really tough. That was the beginning of our relationship. And then we ended up having to move in with my parents. Whoa. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's like how we started our relationship in my parents' house. No. Mm -hmm. Because I was living in a 400 square foot apartment and Matt and I were like, Oh, you staying there together. Kill each other. Yeah. And it was right as the pandemic hit and everything was shut down and we just could, all we had to, we can only stay inside all day. So I was like, why don't we just go back to Vegas for a while and stay with my parents? 
Are you writing that TV show? <laughs> I'm writing a TV show, but yeah. <laughs> that one will be next. That's wild. What's one thing you're working on to improve your relationship? So I'm in therapy. I have something called borderline personality disorder. And I was diagnosed years ago, but after misdiagnosis of bipolar, you know, I was being medicated for something I never had. That's a whole nother podcast. But damn, dude. Borderline it really affects, you know, relationship, you know, so so I I have problems with emotional regulation. So I I, I get I I don't even know how to explain it. It's a personality disorder. And basically, you have a hard time. Yeah, managing your emotions, essentially. Because in theory, when you get mad, you get really, really mad. Or when you get sad, you get really, really sad. So I become so emotionally dysregulated. And I just actually went back on a mood stabilizer recently after being off for 10 plus years. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I wonder how certain things in my life would have worked out if I just was on the proper medication. But it's changed everything completely. The thing is, is like people will will know me. You know, I've had friends and they'll never see that side of me. But when you're in a relationship, you know, of course, especially when you're, you know, but you've been with someone for four years and you go through a pandemic together. I mean, you really get to know someone. Yeah. And so Matt has been very supportive with me because with borderline I just there's no medication necessarily for the borderline if you have like depression anxiety or whatever there's medication for that but in terms of like the emotional regulation it's all talk based therapy so I'm in DBT which is dialectical behavior therapy and so that's something I'm working on because for me on top of with the medication like my life is just completely so much better Wow. And so DBT teaches you tools for emotional dysregulation, like distress tolerance, mindfulness. These are things that I didn't learn as a kid. And so it has manifested into a personality disorder. Wow. So fun. (laughs) Wild. Yeah. So that's something that in our relationship I'm working on because communication is key. And for me, I would just get really triggered, you know, because I get triggered. And then just not you shut off or I just like couldn't my I just would react and I I I need to be slowed down. And that's what the medication does is help me kind of slow down so that I can implement tools and skills to get through. Yeah. Whatever the distress is, you know. Wow. Cool. So, yeah. What is the best relationship advice you've ever been given? You really have to be careful with who you choose as a partner because that plays into so much of your happiness and emotional well-being because that's who you spend most of your time with and that's going to have a big impact in in how you feel about everything in your day-to-day. So if your partner is toxic or, you know, has toxic tendencies that they're not working on, that's going to play a part into your yeah but the best the best advice I think is choose a partner that's willing to work on themselves I love constantly that. I love that yeah right yeah because you're never going to find someone who's perfect you might some find someone who's perfect for you but they're still not going to be perfect ever so unless somebody finds me <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah find someone who's willing to work on themselves this was a special question that Matt submitted um, I, I, I can, was like babe are you gonna submit <laughs> can you guys have sex when you go home oh god of course <laughs> I knew he was gonna say something like this I'm like already <laughs> blushing get the vibrator out babe get the vibrator started <laughs> thank you so much for doing this of course thanks for having me this is so fun if people want more of you how do they find you oh gosh <sighs> Let's see. I have so many pages now. I'm like, we didn't even get to Wolfie DMs. I could have talked to you for another oh, hour. No, I'm so bummed. We're going to have to do a part two. Yes, um, we will. Yeah. So I have a DMs account called Wolfie DMs, which, which is iconic, is basically all the best, worst comments and messages that I get and everything in between. A lot of really humbling stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And I have my account, Rachel Wolfson, on Instagram. I'm Wolfie Comedy on Twitter. I got a TikTok. I got YouTube. I'm back on Facebook, unfortunately. Where can't you find me? <laughs> like, I'm everywhere. So I love it. And then I have some ridiculousness episodes coming out. Oh, um, amazing. In the next month or so. And so tune in for that. Love it. Yeah. Thank you. We're going to have to hang out again. I would love to. I would fight so fast. I know. When you said 10, I was like... Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. A special thank you to Jaden for sharing her dab date nightmare story with us. If you would like to learn more about Jaden, you can find her Instagram linked below in today's show notes. Thanks again for listening and see you next Tuesday. Oh.